This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, welcome to High Desert Word Center. If this is your first time with us, we are very grateful that you chose to be with us on the most important day of the year. You know, I love Christmas. I mean, that's the time that Jesus was born. But he was born with this purpose that someday he would grow up and become a man. And he laid his life down. Why? Because there's no way I could have got into heaven on my own. I could have gone up there and tried to argue my way in and say, God, I've been a really good guy. I've done all these things. I've even gone to church all these years. But it would not have been enough. It took perfect, spotless, perfect blood. And Jesus was the only person that's ever had that. And he laid his life down. He paid the sins for mine. But the good news is this, is Jesus didn't stay dead. Death couldn't defeat him. Amen. For three days, it says he went into the lower parts of the earth. And we know that he went to hell and he paid our price and then he rose and he is alive. And it's not a thing of the past. Jesus Christ is just as much alive in 2017 as he was 2,000 years ago. Jesus is alive and he's coming back again and he's going to take us with him. Amen. Well, welcome to High Desert Word Center. I'm the Associate Pastor Dave Samples. If this is your first time with us, we're again, we're glad that you're here. And we're going to get into our message today. And we have an outline, a brief outline, if you'd like to follow along with that. If you did not get one on your way in, you can raise your hands and the ushers, uh, they'll get you one. They're going to grab some extras right now. And, um, and just keep your hand up and they'll get you one. But today our title is this. Our topic is Lessons from the Easter Story. Lessons from the Easter story, because, you know, hopefully everybody here kind of gets the big picture of what happened that we're celebrating. But when we break it down, there's several different lessons that we can take uh, from this story. And, you know, we sometimes hear the argument, well, we shouldn't even call it Easter. And, you know, you can argue that all you want. That's fine. We know what the point is. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to get into three points today that are lessons from the Easter story. And I believe that if you'll listen. Listen, God will speak to your heart. If you'll give him 15, 20 minutes of your time here today, Jesus himself wants to speak to you. And the truth of the matter is this. I know that not everybody's going to listen. Not everybody does listen. But to those that will hear the word of God today, Jesus is going to speak into your life. Because as I said, he is not dead. He's alive. He's alive. He's a living person. And he is going to speak to your heart today if you'll give him a few minutes of your time. And so the first thing that I want to say is this, as we talk about lessons from this Easter story. Number one is that God truly loves us. God truly loves us. And the way, you know, the the reason I say truly is this is because a lot of us, you've heard this your whole life. You're like, yeah, I know God loves us. We all get that everybody. But I want you to realize to not don't let this fly over your head. Don't don't just say, yeah, I know that. Don't acknowledge it with your mind. Get it in your heart. God loves you. Jesus Christ loves you. And he has a purpose. You were created with a purpose, with a plan. God had something that he wanted you to do in this world. You're not just an accident. It's not just you're you're walking around on this earth for no reason. You were born for a purpose. And Jesus 
truly, genuinely loves you. And of course, the most probably the most familiar verse in the whole Bible is John 3:16. And we even said that earlier today. In fact, we've heard it twice today already. But John 3:16, it says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, let me let me let me just break this down because you've heard this before, but check it out. That's a whole lot of love to give up your child to pay for the sins and the wrongdoings of everybody else. Listen, I love all you people a lot today. I love you. I would I would do a lot of things for you. I know I would invite you over for dinner. I invite you over to watch the football game, but I would not give my children to pay the price for your mistakes. I wouldn't do it. I love you, but I love my children more than I love you. You know what I mean? Any parents you could say? Yeah. But think about this. God so loved the world and he just had this one kid. He had one son, but he loved all of us so much. And we've all done all these wrong things. And he said, something has got to be done about this. This is going to get worse and worse. So he sent his only son to pay the price for all of our sins, all of our mistakes. That is beyond me, man. I don't even to this day, I can't fully comprehend how he loved me that much. I, I didn't deserve that. Jesus was the only perfect person to ever live, yet he died for all of us imperfect people that make mistakes and sin and do wrong. Jesus said, I'll I'll do it. I'll go. I will do this. I'll do it. Even knowing that billions of people would curse his name. Billions of people would even refuse to acknowledge that he ever even existed. Well, that's something they made up. Jesus said, it's okay. I'm still going to do this. I'm still going to die for them. I'm still going to give them a chance, even knowing that not everybody would receive the free gift that he was handing out. Isn't that incredible? I got to say, he's a better man than me. There's no way I would do that. No way. And Jesus, he laid down his life. For billions and billions of people. And it's up to them to choose if they're going to receive it. And, and again, it wasn't perfect people. He laid down his life for the worst of us. And there's a, there's a, a passage I'm going to look at in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Amen. <laughs> now, we get a little excited about the Bible around here. So if you hear people screaming and yelling, just, you know, hey, it's what we do. We love Jesus. Romans chapter 5. Amen. And normally I don't have this old rock and roll voice. I've got a little bit of a, like, you know, I sound like Stephen Tyler or something trying to preach a sermon. (laughs) Pardon me as I get over this. But Romans chapter 5, and we're going to look at verses 6 through 8 because this kind of breaks it down even better for us. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 and 8. It says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. 
That's incredible. He didn't wait till you were good enough and said, all right, he deserves it now. He's, he's, he's starting to get it together. Let's go ahead and die for him. No, he says Christ died for us while we were at our absolute worst, while we were still sinners that didn't deserve a lick of this stuff, man. He died for us. And, you know, I hear people all the time, well, you know, I'll, I'll go to church where I kind of get my life together. And I'm like, why would you wait till you get it together to get? I've been here for 30 years and I still don't have it together. I'm trying, man. You don't go to church because you are good. You go to church to get good. You go to church to get better. And so many people are like, well, when I get good enough, I'll go in there. Man, cut that out. None of us are ever going to be good enough. Yet that's the beauty of it all is that Jesus laid down his life when we were bad boys and girls. When we didn't deserve it, he still came and he still laid down his life. So get over yourself and get into him and quit looking at how good you've been because you're not good enough. I'm not good enough. Nobody's good enough. He was good enough. And that's why he paid the price. Amen. And so Jesus died for us at our very worst. And, you know, you hear arguments all, you know, throughout time. Well, well, the Jews killed Jesus. No, the Romans killed Jesus. This group killed Jesus. And the fact of the matter is this. Jesus, before he even died, said, man, no one's going to kill me. I laid down my life voluntarily. I Nobody can take it away from me. I'm going to give it away. And so nobody killed Jesus. He gave his life away because it was a free gift. Salvation, peace, joy, healing, hope, all these things that Jesus provided, it's a free gift. It's already paid for, yet for some reason that's way beyond me, so many people just refuse to accept it. I mean, you could call me selfish all you want. If somebody bought a gift for me, I want that gift. You know what I mean? If there's one Christmas present left under the tree and it's got my name on it, I'm not the type of guy that's going to say, yeah, I'm just let it go, just leave it. <laughs> No, I'm going to go. I'm going for that thing, man. I want everything that's that that's been paid for that belongs to me. And Jesus, when he died, he not only provided salvation, he provided healing. He provided peace. He provided hope and joy and acceptance and all of these things. Jesus provided it. And so many people, they refuse the gift. They reject the gift that can solve every problem in their lives. Jesus provided a way. And you could right now, everybody in here, you've got issues, don't you? You've got something that you struggle with. You've got some sort of problem in your life. And if you say you don't, then the Bible says you're a liar. We've all got something we deal with, right? Now imagine what that worst problem is. Imagine what the very worst thing is that you're dealing with right now. And I can guarantee you this. What if somebody came up and said, I'm just going to, I'm going to take this away. Let me, let me have it. And instead, instead of, instead of that depression, let me give you joy instead. Let's trade. I'll take your depression. You take my joy. Why would you reject that? Why would you do that? What if someone came up and said, I'll trade you a hundred dollar bill for a one dollar bill. Would you say, no, nah, I don't know. Let me think about that. I mean, that's a no brainer, man. You would do that unless you're a moron. And, you know, I'm sorry. But, you know, I mean, how dumb would that be to, to not accept that? Somebody is, you're, you're getting the better end of the deal on that one. Yet so many people, they're like, no, no, I, I, someday maybe, but just let, let me figure this out on my own. I can do this. And you're never going to figure it out on your own. It is not going to happen. The smartest people in this world have gone to their deathbeds trying to figure it out on their own. But in the end, it wasn't enough because intelligence can't get you to heaven. 
Good looks cannot get you to heaven. Being really strong and courageous cannot get you to heaven. Only one way to heaven, and that's Jesus Christ. And it's free. doesn't cost you a single thing. But that's what Jesus did. And so God truly, really, genuinely does love you. That's not just something we say because it sounds good. And the second thing we're going to say is this, is that God will give us another chance. Who in here is grateful for second chances, man? Oh, my gosh. And third and fourth and a thousandth. God gives us another chance when we don't deserve it, man. Most people I know, they'll give another human being two or three chances. And they're like, no, he's a rat. I knew it, man. I don't want nothing to do with that guy. But Jesus, we fail him all the time. And he keeps saying, no, I forgive you. Let's just try this again. Let's get up. Let's give us another shot here. That's the Jesus that I personally know and the Jesus that I love. He's given me so many chances that I didn't even deserve. And, you know, thinking about the Easter story, I think about this one guy in the Bible named Peter. Has everybody heard of Peter? Peter was one of the 12 disciples. But beyond that, Peter was one of Jesus' three best friends. Jesus had these three best friends that if he was in a really tight spot, he would call for Peter, James, and John. He'd say, everybody else get out. Peter, James, and John, let's go. Let's handle this. And Peter was one of Jesus' best friends. But Peter, to me, is such an interesting guy because when Jesus first found Peter, Peter was not a very likable guy. Peter was not a very holy man. Peter was a a dirty, cussing sailor. I mean, it's what he was. He, he fished, he had a foul mouth, and he did crazy things all the time. And in fact, as you read the four Gospels, you'll see Peter all the time, man. He, he just didn't seem to get control of his mouth. He just blurt stuff out out of nowhere. And everybody else is like, what's that guy talking about, man? Where's he coming from? I mean, Peter, he was, he was just a wild dude. And, and Jesus, through all of the imperfections, Jesus saw something. He's like, oh, man. This guy's got passion. I, if I could just channel this the right way, we could go somewhere with this guy. And for all of us, Jesus sees some sort of potential that nobody else sees. Everybody else would be like, I don't get it, man. I don't, I'm not quite sure about that, dude. I, I don't know. But Jesus is saying, I, I know he's not perfect, but if I could just take that and aim it this way, my God, do you realize what that guy could do? That guy could go places. And Jesus, somehow, he sees inside of us when nobody else sees or is willing to see or wants to see. Jesus sees that and says, I know that looks like a weakness, but I'll bet I could turn that into a really good strength. And I could use this guy for something. And so Peter, man, he is a mess. He is a loose cannon. He says really, really dumb things all the time. But Jesus saw something in there. And so Jesus, one day, he says, Peter... Leave the boat, man. Leave the fishing behind and follow me. And I will make you a fisher of men. And he's like, fish for What does that mean? I'll explain later. Just come with me. And so Peter follows Jesus and leaves his whole livelihood and career behind. And so Peter becomes one of Jesus' best friends. But when we get down to the Easter story in Matthew chapter 26, so you can flip there if you'd like. Matthew chapter 26, Jesus is coming down to his final hours. He's, you know, they've had the Last Supper. You've all seen that painting of, you know, they're all there at the Last Supper. And, and, they're, and they're talking about what's getting ready to happen. But Peter, again, has one of these moments. Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to look at verse 33. And I'm going to read this in the Living Bible. But, but Jesus is trying to tell these guys, listen, guys, it's, my time, is, it's almost here. My time has come. I'm getting ready to lay down my life. And, and the truth is, is that you guys are going to desert me. 
And they're all like, what? Dessert? No, not a chance in the world, man. No way. But look at this. Matthew 26, verse 33. Peter declared, if everyone else deserts you, I won't. Jesus told him, the truth is that this very night before the rooster crows at dawn, you'll deny me three times. I would die first, Peter insisted. And all the other disciples said the same thing. Not us, never. And Peter's the first one to speak up. I'd rather take a bullet die than, than, than deny you, Jesus. I would never do that. Thou, never. I, uh, to the very end. And so then, you know, they go to the garden. You know the story? And then this one guy out of the twelve... He's a betrayer. He's a deceiver. He's a backstabber. He's the worst friend you've ever imagined. His name is Judas Iscariot. They're out there in the garden praying. And then a, a big group of people come with torches and everything else. And one of them is this backstabber, Judas. He comes up and greets Jesus with a kiss. And, and so Jesus, you know, that was, that was his signal for the men to arrest Jesus. And Jesus says, all right, yeah, fulfill prophecy, Judas. I know what you're here for. You're not fooling me. And so they arrest Jesus. They start beating him, slapping him around. This wasn't a fair trial. Who goes to court in the middle of the night? Even back then when you didn't have electricity, there was nothing fair about this. Isaiah said in Isaiah 53 that he was treated harshly. He wasn't even treated fairly. They, they round him up. They take him to the court in the middle of the night and they're ready to kill the guy without even a fair shot at defending himself. There was nothing legitimate about the proceedings that were going on right here. But nevertheless... They arrest Jesus. He, he's not even trying to defend himself because he knows what's going to happen. And so they've got him arrested. And here comes Peter's time. Peter, this guy that Jesus saw all the potential in. Verse 69, it says, Meanwhile, as Peter was sitting in the courtyard, a girl came over and said to him, You were with Jesus, for both of you are from Galilee. But Peter denied it loudly. I don't even know what you're talking about, he angrily declared. Later, out by the gate, another girl noticed him and said to those standing around, This man was with Jesus from Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it with an oath. I don't even know the man. Can you imagine that? Your very best friend in his darkest hour, when he's getting framed and everything else and and, and getting all these accusations, and you're like, I don't even know that guy. Can you imagine that? Denying that you even know Jesus. And yet just hours ago, you swore I would die before I denied you. Even if everybody else does, you can count on me. I'm your man. Everybody else may, but not me. And here he is in the most terrible hour of Jesus existence. I don't even know him, man. I I don't even know what you're talking about. Everybody deserted Jesus. He was all alone. But look at this. Jesus said it was going to happen three times. Verse 73, but after a while, the men who had been standing there came over to him and said, we know you're one of his disciples. We can tell by the Galilean accent. Peter began to curse and swear. I don't even know the man, he said. And immediately the rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered what Jesus had said. Before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And he went away crying bitterly. Can you imagine The feelings that Peter had at that time, oh my God, I did it. 
I did deny him. I, I abandoned Jesus in his darkest hour. And not only that, Peter went back to his old ways, man. He's out there just days before laying hands on the sick with Jesus, raising the dead. And here he is cursing and swearing, just like the old Peter, just like the old man went back to his old ways. And somehow looking at all this, I would think, you know, Jesus... When you come back, I'd get rid of that guy. He is, you can't count on him. He's unfaithful. He's a loser. You know, maybe the other guys, but I would get rid of him along with Judas. You know what I mean? This guy, he proved you can't trust him, right? But even after all of this, even after all of it, when Jesus comes back, he receives Peter back to him. And says, hey, I, hey, don't worry about it. I, I, I saw it coming. It's, it's okay. I forgive you. And in the book of Acts, Jesus used Peter as one of the main people to start the church age, which we live in right now. And he said, Peter, I declare that your name shall be rock. And, and, and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'm thinking, this guy, the cussing sailor, the guy you can't even count on for anything. Man, this guy's a nut and you're going to make him the pillar of the church. I don't get it, Jesus. But Jesus sees things that we don't see. And aren't we all glad that Jesus will give us another chance, even though we don't deserve it? Peter didn't deserve another chance as far as I'm concerned. But guess what? I didn't deserve another chance. You didn't. And even if you're in here today and you are not with the Lord, he's saying, hey, let's let that let's 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 leave the past behind and let's start over. Today's a new day. Forget about all that. I don't even want to talk about it. let's get let's get things right back where they belong. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I'll give you another chance. And so. Accept that today, man. And thank God that Peter didn't let his past mistakes define his future, right? Because I know a lot of people, their past mistakes, that's who they identify with. Well, I, I know, you know, I'm a Christian now, but I'm the guy that was an alcoholic. I'm the guy that used to steal. I'm that guy that used to do this. I'm the guy that, that left his wife. I'm the guy, I'm the girl, I'm this girl that nobody can trust. I'm the girl that can't tell the truth. And they keep, they're letting their past mistakes define them. And Jesus is saying, no, let me define you. I, I look at you and I don't see that stuff. As far as I'm concerned, you've been washed as white as snow. Just receive the gift that I'm giving you. And if you're here today, you're sitting here feeling guilty being in a church or whatever. Don't, man, don't feel that way. Jesus says, I accept you. I love you. I'm not even thinking about that anymore, man. And when Jesus forgives, he forgets. He says, I will, ca- I will blot out your sins and I will remember them no more for my sake. I will not even remember them. And so when you bring up stuff, no, Jesus, I just remember that time I did this. He's saying, no, I don't remember that. What are you talking about? You know, if you've, if you've asked him to forgive you. He forgives and he forgets. And Jesus is a man of his word. He doesn't say, yeah, I remember it. I think about it every day. I hope you're thinking about it, you little rat. No, that's not what he does, man. He's saying, I don't even remember that stuff, man. All I remember is the day that you got down on your knees and said, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, give me another chance. Jesus, I'm sorry. I don't want to be this way anymore. That's what I remember. Before that, I don't remember a thing. And that's the Jesus that I know and love. And that's the Jesus that died on that cross 2,000 years ago for a whole bunch of people that didn't deserve it. But he did it anyway. And so, yes, Jesus truly, genuinely does love us. 
And Jesus wants to give you another chance. And the third thing I'm going to say today is this, is that God is on our side. Isn't that good news? That's a pretty good word right there. God is on your side because so many people think, well, God's against me. And here's my favorite line I hear. I invite people to church. Well, if I walked through the doors, lightning would strike the building. It would probably blow up. I'm like, are you kidding me? Jesus has been waiting years for you to get into the church, man. He's not going to kill you as soon as you get in there. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You're a lot more likely to get struck out there. I mean, <laughs> hey, if you're a sinner, this is the, the safest place you could possibly be right now. I can get, you are not going to die in here. If everybody else does, you're the one that he's going to spare because he needs you to get things right with him. God is not mad at you. That's good news, isn't it? God is not mad at you. He loves you, man. Sometimes he may be sad by the decisions we make. He's not mad at you. He wants you to give your life over to him. He's not against you. God is for you. And he wants to see his plan and his purpose come to life in in your life. And, you know, I know so many people are like, well, I hear God has a good plan. I hear that God has, you know, great things in store for me. Then then why aren't they happening? I'll tell you a lot of times because I've screwed it up. And you've screwed it up. And then we ask, well, where were you? Like, well, he's where he's always been. Where were you? You know, what if what if you came up to me, you know, and said, listen, I have planned a beautiful vacation. I've got a great big trip planned for you. Meet me at the Ontario airport tomorrow at noon. That is all you have to do. It's paid for. It's free. You just get to the right place. And that that's all you got to do. I'm like, okay, man, see you there. And then tomorrow morning, I get on northbound 15 and head straight to Las Vegas. And I'm going to the Las Vegas airport. And on the way there, I crash, uh, you know, I, 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 all sorts of bad things happen. And then I'm out there kicking the tires. Yeah, I can't believe this, man. No one ever, uh, everyone's against me. And then you finally come, you know, you find out where I'm at. You chase me down, you track me down and you're like, hey, man, what's going on? And I'm like... I thought you had good plans. I thought you wanted the best for me. I, how dare you? And you're saying, I did. Where were you, man? I, I told you, I told you what to do and you didn't show up. What? Uh, don't blame me, man. I do have good plans for you. And, and guess what? I'll still take you along for the journey. Just get in and follow me. And that's what so many people do. They're, they're blaming God. They're shaking their fist at God. I thought you had good. And he's like, I do. Just follow me and I'll get you there. Quit trying to do this on your own. And listen, so many people, they're trying to do this life on their own. They're maybe trying to get to heaven on their own and you can't get there from here. You've got to go through Jesus. He's the way, the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through Him. And so, I'm not putting down on any of us. I'm encouraging us, let's do things His way. Let's accept the free gift. Jeremiah 29.11 is a, a verse that we're using as our theme verse for the church this year. Does anybody know Jeremiah 29.11? And I really believe this verse is true. Jeremiah 29.11 It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, their plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Who in here today could use a future and a hope? Oh, my gosh, I I need a future and I need hope because when you've lost hope, you're in about the worst state that a person can be in. A person that has no hope 
It doesn't get much worse than that. But Jesus said, listen to me. I've got, I know the plans I have. They're plans for good. Not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. So if you're here today, it is not an accident. You didn't just roll in to see the little kids do a play. And by golly, that was extremely cute. And word for the teachers, don't put siblings together in the future. Two of my kids were about to get it. Oh, they did get it. Man. And they picked my two kids that really don't get along and they put them together. I'm like, I have to give a memo out to the children's department. Siblings need to be separated. Anyway. So the kids did a great job, but that's not your reason for being here today. Your reason is because God called you. Just like he said to Peter one day, follow me. I'll I'll make your life so much better if you'll just, I know this makes sense what you're doing, but just follow me and and, and I'll, I'll lead you along the right way. I've got plans. I've got a future. And so you were part of Jesus' plans 2,000 years ago. You know what? It says, I've heard it said that our sins put him on the cross, but it was love that kept him on the cross. Jesus didn't have to do this. Jesus didn't have to go through with it, but he chose to. And I'm convinced that when he was hanging there, getting those nails driven into him, getting slapped and mocked, his own mom standing there watching him. Can you imagine that, parent? His own mom sitting there watching him get shredded apart. And he and, 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 and he and he knows he said I could call for angels to get me out of this. I do not have to do this. But he wanted to. Why? Because he saw your face in 2017. He said, I've got to do this. This guy doesn't stand a chance if I don't. He's going to he's going to perish. I, I have got to do this or he will not make it. I've got to do this. Love kept him there. Jesus was tempted to walk away from it. And sometimes we're tempted. And you're like, Jesus was tempted to what? Yeah. Let me show you this in Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. And this, is the, this is the final verses I want to show you today. Luke chapter 22. But Jesus in his, in his hour of need, again, even his best friends he couldn't even count on. He went to pray and they kept falling asleep. But here he is, Luke chapter 22, verse 41. It says this, He walked away perhaps a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed this prayer. Father, if you're willing, please take away this cup of horror from me. But I want your will, not mine. Can you imagine that prayer right there? Because Jesus knew what was getting ready to happen. Okay, this was the Roman Empire. They saw people crucified all the time. He, he'd seen people hanging on crosses before. And let me tell you, it's not pretty. In fact, you can, you can see it today in the Middle East. There's still hanging Christians on crosses. And I've seen this. Stuff. It is not a pretty thing to see. And Jesus, he's standing there knowing that he's volunteering for this to happen to him. And he's standing there. He's, he's kneeling down praying, Father, if there's some other way to take this horror away from me, can, can I save the world some other way? Is there some other way I could help these people? But then in the end, he says, forget it. Not my will be done, but your will. Let's, let's do it your way. Let's do it your way, Jesus. And he's kneeling down there praying. And Jesus, through all of this, let's continue here. It says that an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. Look at verse 44. For he was in such agony of spirit that he broke into a sweat of blood with great drops falling to the ground as he prayed more and more earnestly. And so Jesus' body became so overtaken with anxiety and stress 
that he began to sweat blood out of his pores. And this, you know, maybe some of you have heard me before, but this is a medical possibility. It is one of the rarest things to happen to a human being. But the human body can reach such a level of stress and anxiety that it will begin to sweat blood. It's a, a condition called hematoidrosis. And Jesus was here shaking and praying, knowing that within hours he was going to go through the most pain a human can go through. And his body, his body is shaken and, and blood's coming out, falling onto the ground and no one's even touched him yet. And he's saying, I've got to do this. I'm going to do this. And his, his best friends are over there sleeping. And he says, man, you guys can't even stay awake for an hour and pray with me. Oh my gosh. But here he is and he volunteers to go through with it because he saw our faces in 2017. And he said, I have got to do this. There's no other way. This has to happen. And so Jesus was fully aware of what was getting ready to happen. And there's only one thing that can make a person volunteer for this. Love. I don't know. I mean, you couldn't pay him to do this. I don't, you couldn't give somebody enough money. To, no. You, you, you couldn't, you know, say if you've just got enough willpower and you put your mind to it, you can do anything, Jesus. That's not good enough. You couldn't dare somebody to do it just to prove their manliness. No. The only thing that can make somebody go through with this was love. Our sins put him there, but love held him there. And Jesus died for every single one of us. And I... As I said, that's still beyond my comprehension. Why? I know so many people that curse your name. I know so many people that, 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 that say you're just make-believe. I know so many people that, that, that torture and persecute your followers. I know so many people that, that make fun of you, and, and, I, and, and yet you still love them. How do you do this? Because Jesus is love. That's who he is at his essence, at his core. Jesus is love. And so I'm inviting us today. You know, this has been brief, just a few lessons from this Easter story. But I'm inviting us today to think about this for just a minute and say, yeah, I'm not good enough. I can't do this on my own. I need Jesus. I've got a, if you've got problems, if you've got issues, which I know you do, so you, know, you don't even have to admit to it. We just know you do, because we all do. Today is the day that you could lay those down and say, I don't want these anymore. I, I don't want this depression. I don't want this anxiety. I don't want this sickness. I don't want this poverty. I don't want this addiction. I don't want this lifestyle. I'm giving it to you, Jesus. And he's saying, that's fine. I will gladly take it. And instead, let me give you this. Let me give you life. Let's trade. You give me your mess, I'll give you my blessings. And that's what Jesus is saying to us today. And so at this time, I want to invite you to stand up with me today. Amen. And this is the absolute most beautiful day in the history of the world. Amen. Amen. This is the most beautiful day in the, in the history of the world. Why? Because Jesus had just been born and Jesus had just died. Where would we be? It took him defeating death. And it says he conquered death. Or we don't have to be afraid of dying anymore. We don't have to be afraid of what's going to happen when we do die. We can know for sure. I'm going to heaven. I'm not afraid to die. I'm ready for this.
I can go to heaven when my time comes. And that's because Jesus rose again. And so today, man, maybe you've been in church a thousand times. Maybe you've prayed to Jesus before. Listen, that's great. That's very good. But I'm trying to get to your heart today. Okay, let's get out of your mind and let's get to your heart for a minute. Let's get real. Let's get real for five seconds here. And if we're here and we can say, I honestly, I don't think that I've been living for him like I should. Honestly, I, I don't think that I would go to heaven. If, if my time came right now, I really don't think that I would go. We can fix that super quick today, man. We can take care of that right now. And that would be the best gift of all, is to receive the free gift that Jesus had. And so I'm not even asking you to, to come up. I'm not even asking you to get up here and grab the mic and say something to us. I just want us to pray to Jesus today. He's alive. He's real. And he wants to be a part of your life. And so I'd like for us to, let, let's bow our heads and close our eyes together. Let's get reverent before God for a second here. We're going to all pray this together. But this could be your day to change your life forever. Say, dear God. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died and that he rose again. Jesus, I am sorry for anything wrong I've done. Please forgive me. Give me another chance. I'm living for you now. In Jesus name. And I do want you to keep your eyes closed for just a second today. And Jesus said, if you'll acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. He said, don't deny me. Don't be ashamed of me. If you're in here and you can honestly say, yeah, I've prayed that before, but, but I walked away. Listen, that, I, I get it. But if you could say, I got right with God today. I would like you to be bold enough to raise your hand and say, that's me. Absolutely. There's hands in here, man. If that's you, don't be ashamed. Don't deny Jesus. Acknowledge him. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And guess what? Uh, with that said, I, you know, we're, I've got some people, they, they got a little book they want to give you. And it's just to explain what it means to be a born again Christian. And you may know already, but they're going to give you that book if they saw your hand. And I'm going to go ahead and ask us, we can open our eyes right now. Listen, if you need prayer for anything, we're a church that prays for people. If you're sick, if you're sad, if, if you've got kid issues, if you've got health issues, we want to pray for you because we believe that prayer works. Prayer healed me of cancer when I was three and crippled. Prayer healed me. And it's an incredible story. But prayer is powerful. If you need prayer for anything at all, we've got a group of people up here. We just want to pray for you. Our worship leader is going to lead us in a worship song. If you need prayer for anything, come on up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.